Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. A classic comedy skit that um, beautifully communicates how communication can go so wrong, right? I mean, a communication can go, go very, very wrong, and I, I love that. Uh, a modernized skit with some very funny um, comedians. Uh, we are in a series called Faith and Family. This, this, you could call this the first week. Actually, last week when we focused on moms was a Faith and Family part of the series. And then, of course, this week we are really launching this Faith and Family series. Now, here's what we want you to do is understand that this is a toolbox series. And what I mean by that is this is a series that, of how-to's. We're going to talk about how to uh, get along in marriage and, and communicate well in relationships. We're going to talk about sexuality and money and parenting. We're going to have a conversation on Father's Day uh, with men and men's issues and those kinds of things. And then at the very end of this series, we're going to have a Q&A time where we're going to have a panel up here of people and we'll talk and we'll try and answer questions from you guys. So feel free to email, text, uh, however you want to message us on Facebook, any of those kinds of ways, um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, MySpace, whatever. And um, <clears throat> just in, encourage you to communicate with us your questions about relationships and faith and family. But we're going to have a great time, and so we encourage you to invite friends, invite family members, invite other families that you may know are struggling or having a good time and just want to bolster their relationship. All of this is going to be uh, speaking to those issues, those critical issues that are going on our, on our culture and our, uh, <clears throat> our town, our community, um, and address those issues. So um, let's psychoanalyze this little skit for a moment, if you will. I'm going to take a moment and just... Uh, wasn't it interesting uh, when confusion happened, voices elevated, right? I mean, it was, it was one of those times where it's like, just tell me what, who's who. You know, and that, that the temper goes up. And the, have you ever had that happen in your own life? There's confusion. There's misunderstanding. There's not clarity. It's, it's not coming across well. And, uh, of course, you never argue in your relationships or your marriage. Or, you know, but, you know, you've seen other people do that. Um, I want to do it a little disqualifier here, or a, a qualifier, or a dis, not disqualifier, disclaimer. That would be a better word right now, um, not disqualifier. Uh, I've probably broken every one of these communication kind of how-to things that we're, we're going to talk about today. And, and the reason I want to say that is because I'm just a, a real guy talking about real issues in relationships. And I hope you take it that way because um, no one's perfect and communicating is one of those things that I enjoy. I've learned a lot. I hope I'm a whole lot better than I was when I started communicating, especially with my wife. But um, man, it is a challenge no matter what you do when it, talk, when it comes to communicating with each other. And uh, I want to say this for very, right off the start. Communication has not occurred if you don't feel understood. Communication has not occurred. It hasn't happened until you understand. Did you see in the Who's on First skit that all the, the tension went away as soon as there was clarity? As soon as there was some kind of level of understanding, the, the tension came down. All of a sudden, it was a, a normal language until uh, it was I don't know showed up. And, and then uh, it created a little bit more confusion. 
Um, here's another statement. Conflict is often, often a confusion of words rather than values. And one of the how-tos that we're going to learn is simply this, is that most of us, when we are arguing, when we're communicating, we're confused about the words more than we are the values. Most of us want a healthy relationship. Most of us want our kids to turn out good. Most of us want to spend money right. Most of us want to uh, spend our time well. And so we argue about these things, but we use words that are confusing to each other rather than focusing on the value that we're trying to achieve. Most of us, and I learned this a long time ago, if we would focus on values more than we focus on words, um, we would probably land in a solution a lot quicker. Because we, we all agree, we need to save money, or we need, whatever the argument may be, or whatever the topic is that may be, spark the, the, the communication problem, it's mostly because we, we feel we're right, and we feel we need to use our words to make it right, instead of really focusing on the value. And so, um, <clears throat> conflict is often a confusion of words rather than value. Communication has not occurred if you don't feel understood. And so the goal is to understand. The goal is to make sure that we are connecting, syncing up, if you will, to a, a place in our relationship where you're like going, yeah, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. We have the same value. We may look at it different. We may talk about it different. We may come at the issue differently, but we are on the same page. We understand each other. And when we do that, we land on the same value. Now, the scripture says so many things about words, so many things that are uh, um, very valuable for us to hear when we, talk, when, when we uh, listen to, to the Bible about communication. And the first one is Proverbs 18.21, and this is the, the, a really powerful, truthful statement. And it says this, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Isn't that great? The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, if you like to talk, and no matter uh, what you, the way you talk, if you talk with life, you're going to eat the fruit of life. If you talk with death, and you're saying negative things all the time, and you're angry all the time, and you say mean things all the time, you're going to eat that fruit. It's going to come back to you. It's, it's the, what comes out is going to be the result of your own experience. In other words, we determine how we're going to live by how we communicate. Yeesh. That's a big statement, isn't it? That's a big statement. We determine. We are going to live by the result of our own talking, our own language. And whether we give life or whether we give death. We're going to experience the result of either one of those in our own lives. So how, I want you to just kind of imagine the last little um, discussion you had with your spouse or a close friend or a coworker, And um, was it life-giving or was it death-giving? Was it harmful and hurtful or was it full of life and full of encouragement and full of hope? Your words will come back to you. They're like boomerangs. You just throw them out there, zing, zing, zing. Maybe they do some damage while they're out there, and then they come back, and they'll do whatever happened out there to you, to us. 
And it's not good. It, it has that impact on a relationship. As soon as we start speaking negatively, as soon as we start speaking mean, as soon as we start, it has the mean impact that our words have affect the relationship negatively so that you and I are experiencing everything we just did in those words. And it's hard. It's hard. And so we move on from there to understand that, that words are, uh, are, have the power of life and death. And then we hit, read Proverbs 15.1. And I think this is probably the best tool in our tool belt if we can use it appropriately. And that is Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The New Living Translation says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The Message Version says, A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Have you had those experiences? I, I, uh, when I first became a Christian, one of the parts that was slow to be redeemed was my temper. And uh, I had just the, the, the harshest temper. When I was, uh, before I became a Christian, I was a very, very angry person. And uh, lots of reasons for that and lots of things. But the ultimate uh, experience for me, if you hung around me very long and you got under my uh, skin, you would, you would get some words and you would get some anger and you would get what my kids call the Quintana um, um, look. It's like something happens to my eyes. I can't even fake it. I mean, it just happens, right? It, it, it comes and it's like, I, you know, I don't know what it looks like. Because, you know, I've, I've stood in the mirror and I tried to go, what does that look? And I'm like making faces at myself and it's not working, you know. And, but I have this thing that, that comes over me when anger gets, gets a grip. And I have to... I'm very aware of it now, and I'm, I wasn't aware of it when I was a kid. But man, I would hurt people. I would say things and, and, and mean things. Not just like, oh, you make me mad. No, it was like I'd get personal, and I'd get up in their grill, and I'd get in their face, and I'd yell and scream and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, when I became a Christian, I thought that would all go away, and that didn't quite happen that way. It was a slow, redeeming process, and it took some people in my life to go, dude, mellow out relax. You don't have to be so angry. And, and um, I, I was like, why not? <laughs> you know, um, well, because this passage really helps me understand. It helped me understand a long time ago that <clears throat> when I get angry, it just creates anger. It's, it's a creator. It, it develops it. It makes everybody angry around you. And so this says a, a gentle answer turns away wrath, Boy, there is nothing more powerful than this tool. Because when you're in an angry mood or when, you're, when you see someone else angry um, and, and you come in and go, okay, can you just explain that to me, please? And you, 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 you begin to talk softly and um, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, if, I, if I talk like this, if I start talking, because it's amplified, you might be able to hear me, but if, if this wasn't amplified, you'd be leaning in. Guess what happens when you talk softly? You have to be close. When you talk loud, 
when it gets really loud, when it yells, you could be in another room and we could be trying to have a conversation, right? And it just completely eliminates the intimacy. It completely eliminates the closeness, the togetherness. And so a soft answer turns away wrath. It means simply that, is that when, when we talk softly, we have to get closer. And when we get closer, it means that we're more intimate. We're closer together. We're, we're, we're having a relationship rather than this very distant argument, this very distant, mean-spirited experience. And it takes time to develop that strength and that ability to talk softly. It's not easy. And I'll admit it, it's not easy. And there, there are times where I'm like, Ooh, I can feel it, I can feel the temperature rising, I can feel the, 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 the volume rising, I can feel it all coming on, and, and sometimes back off and go, okay, wait, 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 wait. But a gentle answer turns away wrath. This wrath is kind of that nostril flaring wrath. It's like, you know, that kind of thing. And, and that's what creates, that's what happens when the soft answer turns to a harsh answer. But a harsh word stirs up anger. But a harsh words make tempers flare. But a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. And if you're the dominant one, and you're the one that's just, rah, 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 and you see the, the cowering of the person listening, that's not good. That's not good. You, you may not see the anger inside that individual because they're afraid to come out, but it's only just getting, the, it's kind of like packing the powder, the gunpowder into a bullet. And someday that's going to explode. Someday that's going to come apart. The first tool is a gentle answer. It's speaking softly. It's, 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 it's giving soft answers and not hard, harsh words that are mean and mean-spirited or loud and, and full of anger and, and, and kind of malice and those kinds of things and with an, any intent to hurt. When we, get, when we use that tool, it's amazing. It works beautifully. In Proverbs 15, 2, it says, The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. I like the New Living Translation. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. That belches, you can imagine what that uh, word actually means. It's like... Bleh. Knowledge flows like spring water from the wise. Fools are leaky faucets dripping nonsense. I love that version of it. <laughs> are you a dripping faucet, a leaky faucet? Or are you like the spring water? And I like the imagery that they use there because spring water is so good. Right? It's like going from drinking California water to really good bottled water or filtered water, or some good tasting water. I come from Seattle, and Seattle, you, you, you can drink out of the faucet up there. It's, it's good water. It tastes good. It's fresh. It's cool. And you can drink out of this water down here, and it's bleh, leaves something on the top of your mouth, and it's warm, and it doesn't taste good. And so I, I, we drink filtered water at our home and bottled water all the time. You just don't drink California water. Mm, I think they import it from, uh, never mind, I won't say. <laughs> the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. When we, share, when we share knowledge that we apply to our lives, it makes you want more of it. 
So what you already know in your head, and you, you, you go, I know I need to give a soft answer. I know I need to listen. I know I need to relate in a different way than I do, but you don't. That's not appealing. And, and when you say, hey, you need to listen. Um, are you? When, when you say, you need to talk softly. Are you? When you share that knowledge, but it doesn't come with application, which is wisdom. Wisdom is applied knowledge. When, when you do that, it becomes a tool that is a, more appealing than uh, pushing away. And so that's what the scripture is saying, is that the tongue of the wise, the tongue of the person that applies the knowledge to themselves, makes wisdom or knowledge more, more uh, appealing. I want more of that. I want that because not only are they telling me what I need to know, but they're acting it out. They're showing me. They're applying it to their lives. And so many of us are really smart, but we're not wise. Many of us are, are smart. We have a lot of head knowledge, but we haven't applied it to the application of the relationship. And if we do, then we can see some really positive things come about in our relationship. Are you a dripping, leaky faucet that's dripping nonsense, or are you a spring water full of wisdom? And I think the tool there is to, to, to kind of do some self-evaluation. Am I applying the things that I know, or am I trying to apply them to the person that needs to know them? If my wife would only listen, are you? <laughs> you know, and, and it would work. If you are, but if you're not, then it probably won't work. You're, you're a, a dripping nonsense rather than a spring water. Does that make sense? Cool. Proverbs 15.4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. The New Living Translation says, Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. Wow. It's the choice of the words that we, we, we use that can either give life, like we talked about earlier, or they can create death. And in this case, it's a very clear picture that if we use words that are redemptive, I like this term, redemptive words. Redemptive words are like, I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Let's do this together. Those are redemptive ways of talking instead of saying, you make me mad. You make me angry. I'm so angry at you. You're just a mess. You're a problem. You're a headache to me. You're a dripping faucet. Start you throwing scripture out in anger. You ever do that? You might as well be a dripping faucet, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, those, that doesn't work. A soothing tongue, a gentle word, a kind word. These are all words that are redemptive. They help, they heal. They, they bring life to the relationship rather than the hurtful, maiming words. And I like the, the, the message says, wound and maim. This leaves damage behind. This hurts. This, this, this amputates the, the relationship. What used to be a connection is no longer a connection. 
And so when we choose words that are, are not redemptive, and I would encourage you in your devotional life or in, as you journal maybe a morning and say, what are some redemptive words that I can use in my relationship? And this works for any relationship that you have. This works for your marriage. This works for a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. This works for a coworker. This works for a, a, um, the grocery clerk. If you're upset with the grocery clerk um, and, and you want to bring redemptive uh, opportunity to uh you know the maybe the grocery clerk charged you double for something and you're instead of getting mad you can say hey you know i'm i'm sure you are working so hard today there might have been a little bit of a mistake made here can can we rectify that can we make that right and and um all of a sudden they're going yeah but you go man how long have you been working here you know maybe you should not do this <laughs> you know th th there's those kinds of things um, I, uh, I'll, I'm going to tell you a story, but you can't hold it against me, okay? Because I've asked the Lord to forgive me. Um, my wife got her hair done one time, and it didn't get done right. So first, I had to use redemptive words in responding to my wife. You know, how does my hair look? That is a tough question right there, especially when it doesn't look good. And, and so, um, you know, we talked, and, and I, I responded like, man, I'm not sure that's what you really wanted. And she goes, you're right, you're right. I, I did not want that. And I said, did, did you pay for that? And, uh, <clears throat> and she did. She paid for it. And so I said, okay, we're going back. And I was already a little hot under the collar about this and not because of my wife paying for it but because of what this lady asked her to pay for <laughs> and um we went back and i i was not redemptive i unfortunately made this lady cry and um i felt bad later and i apologized but um, not until i made her cry and, and uh, we got our money back <laughs> and uh and then my wife went and got her hair done the way she wanted it to by somebody else but um <clears throat> It was one of those moments where I was like so angry that I let all of the redemptive side of me go away and, um, and, and not, not treat this woman with respect. And uh, it, although she should have never asked my wife to pay for this, this mess that she made, um, she did. And so we went back and, and it was not a positive experience, for, at least for her or for me for that matter, <clears throat> because it comes back around. I mean, there's that guilt, there's that shame, there's that, why didn't you use better words? Why didn't you have a better attitude? Why didn't you love this person instead? And I was, I'm a Christian, you know, I, 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 I realized that I just messed that whole thing up. And the reality is, is that we need to use soothing words, gentle words, kind words that bring health and wholeness to the relationship. And so journaling and using, picking your words, using words, maybe planning a conversation instead of just being spontaneous about conversations, or at least thinking about how you would go about it. Do you rehearse conversations in your head? Do you kind of like, man, I'm gonna, I, I, this is what I would say. And you kind of go through it and you kind of rehearse the conversations. And, and first, you may be in your head, you're like doing the angry conversation, and then you get a grip. And then you say, no, that's not going to be all that good. And then you start practicing. Well, that's a good thing to do. Practice. Think about it. Be redemptive on purpose. 
And when you do, that's going to be a very powerful thing. So there's quite a lot of opportunities. Use a gentle answer. Realize that words have the power of life and death. Use wisdom, applied knowledge. Don't, don't um, use your head knowledge, but don't apply it to your own life. And then use soothing words and choose your words. And then realize the power of the tongue. James 3 talks about this in verse 3. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body but makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, the, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself on fire by hell. Oh my goodness, that's quite a description of your tongue. Don't you just want to pull your tongue out right now? <laughs> All kinds of animal, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James had an attitude about tongues. He'd obviously been scolded a few times and had people speak to him unkindly. Eventually he was crucified and, and, and became a martyr. And so he did have a little bit of an attitude about tongues. But the, not, not tongue, speaking in tongues spiritually, but using the tongue. And we have to admit there is a power there. We have to admit, we have to confess, we have to realize that there is a, 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 a power right here in our mouth that has the uh, strength or the ability to do damage or to bring amazing life. And that's the goal. That's the goal as Christians. That's you and me praying and asking God for wisdom and, and ability to, to use our tongues in ways that glorify God. And when we get to that place, when we can do that, we will elevate people rather than put people down. We will raise up the name of Jesus rather than lower the, the, the name of Jesus in, in people's eyes. And when you act out the, the nature and character of Jesus, then we, um, <clears throat> we can win in, in arguments rather than lose. And when I, mean, when I say win, it's a win-win. It's not a win-lose. That's the other part of conversation that I had a problem with is, is that I always believed that I needed to win and that the other person was wrong and therefore needed to lose. And when you have that approach, um, it's a win-lose and someone loses and so does your relationship. So you're always trying to do this redemptive bringing together rather than using your words to hurt. James again says this about how we communicate. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So here's a, here's a good uh, tool to put in your toolbox. Quick, slow, slow. Just say it with me. Quick, slow, slow. Okay, one more time. Quick, slow, slow. Now, if you will use that, it's, it's quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. So if we will just go quick, slow, slow, and keep that in mind, we will be quick to listen. We immediately start listening. 
We immediately connect with our ears rather than our mouth. And when that happens, there's more opportunity to bring life to the circumstance than to bring death to it. And so quick, slow, slow is a great tool to have in your tool belt. Now, I was going to do a little role play here, but we don't have time for that. And so I'm going to explain how to do this, how to to listen um, actively. And and if you've never done it before, uh, it's a good thing to go with a friend and say, okay, let's take turns listening, active listening. Um, But we do this automatically every time we go into a drive-thru. You go to a drive-thru, you drive up to the, the speaker, and the first thing that you'll hear out of that speaker is, how can I help you? Or what would you like today? Or what would you like to order? And, and immediately the person on that other side is there to listen to your order, hopefully. Now I've been in other circumstances where they haven't listened, and I didn't get what I wanted, and, um, but what would happen if you went to that and they said, Hey, Ricardo, how are you? Welcome back to McDonald's. It's so good to see you. I know you. I know what you need. You don't need a Big Mac like you normally order. You need a salad. <clears throat> you're fitting a little tight in that shirt that you're wearing right now. And uh, we think that you need this. Well, I would immediately be put on the defense, right? I would immediately be, because no, no longer are they listening, they're telling. And how many conversations do we go into and say, I know what you need before you even tell me? We don't listen. We're not quick to listen. Now, if it's a good uh, a, a person on the other side, they'll listen. And, and they'll say, okay, I, I'll say, I want a, a Big Mac. I want uh, French fries. I want a Diet Coke. And I want an apple pie. Okay? And I know some of you health nuts out there are like freaking out. Um, um, oh, and I'll have uh, um, apple slices. Okay? Just for you people that are really healthy. Okay? And, uh, and they come back and they say, so you want a Big Mac, a Diet Coke, and apple slices? And um, I say, no. I, I, I said, what I really like is an, a Big Mac, fries, a Diet Coke, and, apple sli- and an apple pie and apple slices and can you get that for me and they say oh yes I, I i will get that for you you would like a big mac fries a diet coke an apple pie and apple slices and i'll say yes now i've been understood and that method of conversation is how most conversations should happen it's how you and i should communicate with each other i should be quick to listen If I'm talking to my daughter, Taylor, and Taylor says, Dad, I need to talk to you, I need to be going, okay, what's up? And then I repeat back to her what she has said so that she feels and knows she's, one, been heard, and two, understood. And until I get that, yep, I haven't succeeded in communicating. We haven't succeeded in talking with each other. And then... At that point, I know exactly what she's wanting to talk about. I know what she needs, if she needs anything, and then we can work on the solution moving forward, which is a whole other step of communication we don't have time for today. But the, the bottom line is this, is that we need to get to that place where we understand, where we use our tools, the soft answer, the wisdom, the, the, the ability to not use harsh words, but to use good words, healthy words. To use um, our heart 
and, and know that what, what we know has been applied to our own lives, and we're applying it to the, the circumstance here. We re- realize the power of words and the power of our tongue. We use a soft approach. We apply wisdom. We underst- underestimate, we don't underestimate the power of words. We are in a servant's role as a task, uh, uh, someone who's, who's welcoming the opportunity to help and serve the, the needs of people. When we talk about the, the, the person at McDonald's, if we don't come listening with a servant's heart, you will come with all the answers and you think you know everything instead of engaging in a way that says, I'm here to meet your needs, not mine. Matthew 12, 33, and we'll end with this, says this, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Wow. This is the last thing that that I want you to take away and would be a good thing to do this week is to journal your words. Look back at your conversations. Kind of review what's come out of your mouth because whatever has come out is right here. Maybe even the words you've rehearsed in your head you need to listen to because those words that you're rehearsing, even though they haven't come out, are in there. I'm going to say this. If that is going through your head, and maybe they're more clear words than I just spoke, that's what's in here. And we have to work through that. We have to walk through that. Here's a powerful ending to this message. A good man brings good things out of the good stored in, up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Wow. Kind of end on a heavy right there, right? But it doesn't have to be. Why, why fear that? Why worry about that if we're using redemptive words? Why, why worry if we're using the tools that we have in our tool belt to give a soft answer with wisdom and realize that we need to choose our words wisely and use the right words to give life rather than death? Why worry about that if there's no worry about the use of our words? And to do it with a servant's heart, to come at, at, with redemptive intentions, to always make sure that we're get, wanting to bring peace and wholeness to a relationship rather than hurt. There's that saying, and you, you probably knew it was coming, sticks and stones may break, break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Not true. They hurt. They hurt. And I would imagine there are few, if not many, in this room that have been hurt by words before. And I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry that you've gone through the emotional pain of that hurt and that, that struggle, but I want to just pray right now and ask God to give you a redemptive experience. God loves you and cares about you. He has soft words for you. He loves and cares about everything that's going on in our lives. Even when we make mistakes, he's that father that goes, oops. 
Let's make that right. Let's do what it takes to, to redeem that relationship. He's not condemning you. He's not putting you down. There may be conviction that's uncomfortable, but there's a joy. There's a comfort in knowing that God loves you no matter what. His words are powerful, and His grace is available to you right now. God, I thank you so much that you speak words of life to us. I thank you that you speak words of hope in our lives. And I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit right now, Lord, would infuse our hearts with that joy, that peace, that comfort that comes from your words of love and grace and forgiveness and hope. God, I thank you for that. I know that there are people that have been deeply hurt by words from their loved ones or their friends or their coworkers or whoever it may have been. Lord, I pray that we would be able to release those emotions and release that hurt and allow your redemptive heart to speak to ours. Even restoring and healing those relationships that have been broken with redemptive words. Lord, give us the ability to go to those people, to go to those places and redeem that relationship with redemptive words. Like, I love you. I forgive you. I, I accept you. I know you intended to hurt me, but I love you no matter what. God, help us to redeem those relationships. But most importantly, I pray, redeem the heart of those that are hurt by hurtful words. Lord, I believe you're doing a meaningful and powerful work this very moment. And I pray that you bless each and every heart right now in Jesus' name. Whether you're here on site or whether you're online, I just want to offer you the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. His word, his words say that he loves us no matter what. And his word says that if we confess with our mouth that he is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That means simply confessing Jesus as the leader of our lives. We no longer live a sinful life. We live a life that's following after him. It doesn't mean you won't make mistakes, but it does mean that you're going after him with all your heart. And you ask him to forgive you of your sin and then believe that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. So pray this prayer with me because he loves you. No matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how deep you've gone into sin, God is able to forgive you of your sin. Pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept that I have made mistakes. I've sinned against you. But Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. And based on the work you did on the cross, I accept that forgiveness right now in my life. And I believe that you were raised from the dead three days later. And today you live. And that promise of eternal life is for me. And I look forward to living with you forever. And I commit to follow you with my whole life. I pray this in Jesus' name, and I accept you as my Savior, and thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey, and I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Venture.